Welcome to The Sound Architect. I have the honor of having Mr. Neil Acri with me. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Sam. And we're going to be chatting about his career so far and a few other bits and bobs as well. So to start off, well, let's start from the beginning. How did you begin your career in music composition? Well, I, I started out as a you know guitar player like a lot of us, and I you know wanted to be in a band, and uh, that kind of transitioned into writing instrumental music and you know studying. I, I love the idea of working with an orchestra, and that kind of it seemed like the only way to do that would be to write for film, and so I started trying to become a film composer, and I and I did that, you know, started off with student films and and. Uh, did a lot of uh, television. I worked for the composer Joel Goldsmith and kind of interned with him and, and learned a lot through working for him. And, um, you know, that, that led to working on the the series Stargate SG one and a bunch of movies. And then, you know, eventually transitioned into doing a lot of games lately. So how did that first happen? You getting into video games? Where was, where was that transition? It, it first it happened when I was um, I had taken on a new agent who had some video game experience and and I'd love the idea of working on games because I had grown up with them and it seemed like there was a lot of new opportunities there and and a lot of orchestral work being done and I um, it's kind of a, a chance thing that I you know my agent was able to get me an audition at Blizzard of uh, doing their their cinematic for the Burning Crusade. Uh, their first expansion for World of Warcraft. And, you know, it's not the kind of thing that that really happens too often. You get a a chance to audition for this huge project without any previous video game experience. And uh, I was lucky that I was – I wrote a demo that they really liked, and and that led to to doing that. And from that point on, um, it was just a matter of – you know, a continuing relationship with Blizzard that led to other things, but I've I've really enjoyed working in games and and the the, the chance to write you know music that's just I, really a chance to push the envelope in a lot of ways and and work with orchestra a lot and and it's been a really incredible ride. Yeah, I mean, you, with Blizzard, you've done quite a lot now, haven't you? I mean, you did a lot of the StarCraft as well as a lot of the World of Warcraft stuff. Do you find yourself getting into a rhythm with it? Do you kind of you know, like an actor kind of gets used to their character. Do you get used to the, the genre when writing for World of Warcraft? Or It, it helps to have the experience and, and the familiarity with the, the previously existing themes and characters. And, and the more I do it, it feels like definitely like stepping into a character that I've played many times. Yeah. Um, every time, though, I try to you know push the envelope and, and come up with, you know, new ground and try to, to make it take it to the next level every time and, and that's always the challenge. But but definitely the the more familiarity I have with that, the I feel that the, the better I am at it. Yeah. When first turning to games, I mean you composed for loads of T V and film beforehand. What was the the biggest difference that you found when you were like, okay, right, I'm working on games now. Oh well, that's different. Well in the case of this of the cinematics, um of do you know writing to picture as well? There, there were very few similarities, except maybe the schedule was a little more um, open. Like you know, we'd spend eight months on a four-minute cinematic, whereas on a film you'd have you know five weeks to do eighty minutes of music, and the budgets were dramatically different. And and getting to work with orchestra in games uh, a lot more than than in film, 
Um, that was the main difference. And then you know, doing in-game music, the the main difference is for me is is just the you know not writing to picture is a very freeing concept. Is is it's it's helpful to have picture to write to because in a sense you're kind of painting by numbers and yeah. you know everything's kind of dictated by you know the the timing on screen and what happens. But the the limitations of that is that if you let's say you have you're developing a theme and all of a sudden the movie cuts to a different scene and you have to abruptly jump to a different thing that that can be a little frustrating and not give you the chance to really develop something. But in in games, at least in a lot of the stuff I've done, the World of Warcraft stuff that's been a little more open and and have a chance to to write something that gets fully developed and and takes its time to go where it wants to go. Yeah, it's it's really cool stuff that you've written as well. It works really well. Thank you. And it's been nominated for quite a lot of awards and you've won a lot of awards. So that must feel quite cool. It's it's amazing, and you know, it's it, I'm really lucky to be a part of that team, and and you know, the game is so many amazing artists and and writers and and programmers and and really creative people work on that game and and make it what it is, and and to be a part of that team is is really incredible, and the uh, you know the awards are. are secondary to that you know it's, it's were you looking just, at them right then were you I, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do you play games yourself i do yeah when i have time and and oftentimes it's you know i just want to let's say it's the end of a long day and i and i i'm super tired and i just want to go blow something up so it's usually a, a game like far cry 4 is what i'm on lately and and have taken way too long to get through it and then i play minecraft with my daughter and you know it's just fun to expose her to games and and you know the stuff that i grew up with and yeah it's i wish i had more time to play but but definitely when i do it's it's a lot of fun yeah i think we've all got that hole as we get older we're like oh, i wish i had more time to play games <laughs> yeah. still and um, did you find that playing games helped when writing for games or did it you know, in the reverse, did it open your mind a lot more to what was happening in the games you had played before? Yeah, well, both. Um, definitely playing the games, you know, it's like I tell people if you're if you're going to write music for games, you have to play them. You have to understand, you know, the player's experience. Otherwise, it's like writing music for film without watching movies or not yeah. knowing how movies work. Um, and I think a lot of people do come into it from the film the people that do come into it from the film side have a little bit of a misconception of of how it works and um you know trying to write music that's not annoying upon repetitive you're trying to get through a a level and you're you're coming at it you know a hundred times and you know having something that that sounds doesn't sound too repetitive is is helpful and uh at the same time yeah i mean now that i've gotten into it i i now that I've gotten to the creative side of it, as I play games, I, I listen a lot more for the music and, and its function and the technical things. And I, I'm able to identify where things are triggered and everything. And I'm kind of breaking it down as I go. Much like when I watch movies, I, I'm all, I'm thinking, uh, where did that cue enter a little too soon? Or it's kind of breaking it down and trying to understand it. Is it hard to switch off now when you watch any film or play any game? Very. That's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Out of all the projects you've done, I mean, you've done tons now. Was there 
anything that stood out as particularly the most challenging? It's challenging. Um, good question. I, you know, I, I recently started doing uh, some some Chinese games. Um, one one in particular is Revelation Online for the company NetEase, and that was essentially writing a very traditional Chinese score. And of course, it's filtered through my own musical vocabulary, and there's there's a, still a bit of a video game music vibe to it. But it but it was essentially intended to be, uh, you know, very traditionally Chinese. And, and there's to, to write that for a Chinese market and to try to make it sound authentic is, you know, it wasn't so much a challenge because the music, I felt very inspired and it came very easily to me. But to try to make it as authentic as possible, yeah. that's that's always the, the challenge. It must be difficult not to fall into certain tropes as well when, when you've got that preconception of maybe Eastern music and things like that, of trying not to fall into the traps. Yeah. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot and, you know, to a lot of Chinese traditional music, film music, video game music, and, you know, just really tried to, tried to, hear it from their perspective and, and that really that helps kind of form the vocabulary and I, and I just got back from China and and the the reception there has been really amazing and everyone's been really positive about it and complimented the the fact that it sounds very authentic and, awesome. and that's the ultimate compliment for me yeah that must have felt pretty cool to, to write something that's outside of your home locale I suppose is yeah. the way to put it and then still have them go awesome that was really good yeah so on the flip side, then, is there anything that stuck out as particularly, well, as, that you are most proud of out of all the projects? Any particular moment or any particular score? That's that's a really tricky one. <laughs> I, um, You know, all the Blizzard stuff has been really amazing and the, the World of Warcraft cinematics that, you know, they're, they're just on such a high level in terms of their, the quality of the visuals and to to get to work on those is a really amazing gift and I'm very grateful for it. Uh, and, and, uh, to be able to conduct that stuff live, which I've been able to do and, and, and hear the audience's reaction to those, you know, cinematics that they're so familiar with. It's, it's also a really incredible gift. And that's, that's been the fun part about conducting, which I started doing recently through video games live is, you know, he, Connecting with the fans on on that direct basis is something that you don't get to do a lot in film music. Yeah, you may not get to do it a lot in game music either. But but this has been a great opportunity, and and Tommy Tallarico has done something really amazing with video games live, and you know brought the the symphony orchestra to an audience that might not have otherwise heard it. You know, kids are going to the the symphony and and hearing orchestral music performed, and when I've been able to perform my music there it's been just an amazing experience to hear the music that i've written coming from the orchestra in front of me and resonating uh with the people behind me in the audience and it's just it, it's the ultimate way to share music and yeah. and i i love doing it and i hope to do it as often as possible well, I can personally vouch for Video Games Live. I took my brother to it over in the UK when Tommy came mm -hmm. over. It was awesome. Was it surreal to be conducting your own music in front of an orchestra? That must have, been, that must have felt amazing. So amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, I started off wanting to be a guitar player in a band and, you know, had some, some bands as, as a 
teenager and, and never really went anywhere. And at some point I kind of gave up the idea of performing music on stage and I was fine just to, just to write it. And, you know, it, as I've been able to conduct this stuff, it's kind of, it's finding, seeing that, that dream of performing my music live, you know, come back to life. And it's, it's really incredible. Did people stick rigidly to what you had written or was there kind of certain flourishes of their own interpretation? It must have been different live. It's a little different live. I mean, you know, the music is orchestrated in a careful way to, to have it sound a certain way and, and everything is carefully notated. So there, there's the certain, the variations come from the individual performers and the individual orchestras. The orchestras are all different sizes coming from their different countries and all the players are are different levels of ability. But ultimately, I guess what I'm trying to say is the variations are minimal, but obviously it's going to be different everywhere you go. Yeah, it must have been interesting to hear it played in slightly different ways. Absolutely. And the fact that it's a different experience every time makes it all the more exciting. Well, like we said before, you've you've been nominated and you've been awarded many awards. You've even conducted yes. tracks on tour. Is there anything that you would say is now your next kind of goal or is there an ultimate goal that, that you're aiming for? I mean, you've achieved quite a lot already. So what's next? Great question. I, I never think about, you know, I try, I try not to look back too often. I don't think, oh, I've done this now. I, I, you know, I just, every new musical experience is, is a, a new challenge that I look forward to. So, you know, I never, I never set out, oh, I'm going to, you know, get into game music and, and do a bunch of that, or I'm going to, you know, I, I just, I just want to write music and every new opportunity to do so is, is a gift and I jump at the opportunity and, you know, getting to write new styles and, and branch out and, and work with new people who have, creative visions that are excited to be a part of is, is always exciting. Working in games is, is what's cool about that oftentimes is I'll be sitting at a story meeting and hearing these guys pitch these ideas. And it's just like being a kid again. And where you're sitting around with your friends and like, Oh yeah, what if we did this? What if we did that? And I think, you know, I'm 40 years old and I'm sitting in a meeting where we're talking about all this crazy stuff that's actually going to happen in its own way. And to be a part of that team to help make that become a reality for for other people, for for kids and for other people to experience, you know, that's that's the dream come full circle. Because when I was a kid, I was really imaginative and you know loved the Star Wars, you know, movies and, yeah. and who didn't? And um, <laughs> I just you know I, I just love the idea of being a part of something that would you know, inspire other people, make other people feel the way I felt when I watched movies or played games. So to, to be a part of that experience in, in any way is, is the, the dream. And I'd never find myself thinking, oh, gee, I, you know, I, I wish I was doing this. I wish I was doing that. I'm, I'm grateful to be doing what I'm doing right now and more of it, you know, bring it on. Was there a particular score that did that to you? Was there like one score that first made you go, whoa, I feel that. That's what I want to do. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah? Awesome. Yeah, that, that was the defining moment for me as a kid, you know, just hearing that. And the, the themes in there and, and the, you know, loving the movies. I, I, it was my first soundtrack I ever bought. I, I went down to the local... It was actually a toy store that sold uh, records, and I I bought the Empire Strikes Back soundtrack because you couldn't have 
this is before uh, VHS tapes. You couldn't watch the movie outside the theater. So the only way you could do that is by putting on the record and listening to the soundtrack. So I would listen to that over and over again. And at one point I saw a behind-the-scenes documentary on John Williams and, and you know, Star Wars you know, behind the scenes. And I saw that it's an actual person doing that, writing music. And I didn't at that point as a kid think, I want to do that. But it, it did plant the seed. And, and years later when I started – you know, writing instrumental music and kind of seeing that you could make a living as a composer if you were lucky enough. And, you know, just kind of that, that early experience with, with that soundtrack definitely uh, led the way. Yeah. I think John Williams is definitely one of the, the top three, if it, you know, at least of, of people who are renowned for their music composition, especially yeah. with things such as star Wars and Indiana Jones and ET and all of his really iconic soundtracks. Now, as a composer, you you obviously have to be able to write in quite a few different styles and show variation. But do you is there a particular genre that you prefer writing in, or is kind of like your comfortable genre? Good question. I'm often asked to do big epic stuff because I've done a lot of it, and I think people they become familiar with you doing things a certain way that that they that's what they want you to do. They that's what they hire you to do. But I've done a lot of smaller, more intimate sounding things, uh, more electronic things uh, that, that was really fun. And every once in a while when I get some free time, I'll, I'll write something for myself and it's usually kind of a, a mix of small orchestra and electronics, you know, guitar, vocals, just kind of very different ambient explorative music. So I wouldn't say that that's my preferred way, but I, I I do like to to try different things, yeah. and so um, anytime I'm, I find myself doing the same thing over and over again, I always welcome a chance to to switch gears and, and try something different. Definitely. So, would you say guitar is still your preferred instrument to play? To play, yeah. I mean, I, I write everything on keyboard and I, I play it all day long, but I never considered myself a, a great piano player. I still don't consider myself a great guitar player, but that's the instrument. If I wanted to just you know, pick it up and, and play for fun, that's, that's the instrument I'd, I'd grab. Do you have a favorite that you, you love to write for? Instrument? Um, yeah, or instrument section in general? Yes. I mean, I, I love the strings. I love the cello. Probably those are my, my go-to instruments. The whole orchestra is just a, an amazing technological marvel of, of all, how all the the sounds and the, the timbres and everything work together. And it's it's fun to, to write for each instrument with its own personality. And, and I always tell people, if you're le- wanting to learn orchestration, try to learn – you don't have to learn how to play every instrument, but learn – understand how every instrument is played, the personality of the instrument and the players and the, their role in the orchestra – and that's that's fun to do. It's fun to kind of, you know, as you're playing a French horn line on samples, just kind of imagine how the players have to play, have to physically blow air into that instrument and play it, and the difficulties of that. Yeah. And and understanding that kind of helps helps create a more realistic part and a more playable part, a more interesting part, and also thinking about the fact that all these players. You know, they go to the session and they're they're incredibly talented and and they've been practicing their whole lives and and to try you know try to set something in front of them that isn't just whole notes all the time. Yeah, 
It's funny you mentioned the horns, actually. It reminds me of when I was younger and I wanted to be a composer before mm. I got more into sound design. And it's surprising how many things you overlook, even simple things. Like I was composing these um, brass parts for people like, dude, you know someone has to breathe, there, mm. right? Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just these incredibly long horns. Yeah. So I'm going to talk a bit about tech now. Do you have any go-to hardware or software? I mean, what's your setup at the moment? I'm running Logic. Logic Pro, I'm on 9 because it's just I have a solid setup that I'm – I've been working on this up for about six years now, and, I, and I'm happy with, with how things are going. And, and God forbid my Mac Pro ever fails, I'll, I'll be changing everything, of course. But so, yeah, Logic Pro on one computer, and then I, on a second Mac I have Vienna Ensemble Pro where I have the majority of my uh, orchestral template loaded. And then on the main – Sequencing computer, I'll, I'll load in auxiliary sounds, contact and EXS24, various, you know, VST instruments. And um, Pro Tools for audio editing, which, you know, any, anything I record live, I always prefer to edit in Pro Tools. And that's, that's the majority of it. It's all, you know, it used to be a whole bunch of external PCs, but now it's it's all in two Macs, basically. Yeah, it must be awesome to see how the technology has evolved from when you first began. So you've obviously conducted your music on the road before. Are you heading to any events in the near future? I just, Like I said, I just got back from China, and that was an amazing experience, getting to conduct some music from Revelation Online, which I had mentioned uh, I also got to speak at the um, Zhejiang University, which was uh, really cool to talk to the Chinese students. And before that was the iDig Music Festival in Ireland with Emer Noon and did video, a video games live show there. But So it's, it's been uh, two months of lots of stuff, and now I'm back in the studio and, and you know starting on some new projects. So I'll be, I'll be here writing for as long as I can. I know of at the moment. Sadly, I missed iDig. I really wanted to go, but I couldn't make it, so I almost got over there. It'll be next year for sure. Oh, yeah, I'll be there next yeah. year, definitely. Yeah. Are you heading back? I, I, I don't know at this point, but I would love to. I, I will wait and see if they invite me. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully so. Yeah, but it was I. It was an amazing thing. It felt really special, like it was the start of something really new and, and just a lot of excitement on on the part of the, of the people involved and, and the people that attended. And I think it's something, the start of something really special. And, and I definitely encourage everyone to go and check it out next year in April. Yeah, I mean, from what I saw, it was just an all-round really positive game music experience. Absolutely. This is always quite a difficult question for some people. If you <laughs> had one piece of advice that you would tell aspiring composers, what would it be? You know, I, I think the thing people don't talk about enough is the fact that we're all afraid. You know, we, we all doubt ourselves sometimes and we all put on a brave face publicly on, on our social media and, and in interviews and kind of say that, you know, we're, we're, you know, the best at what we do. We try to be the best at what we do. We try to project, you know, this, this sense of invincibility because nobody wants to hire someone that, you know, doesn't have their stuff together. Uh, but I, I think starting out, you kind of get the sense that, you know, when, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like the ideas aren't coming, that you're the only person that's ever happened to. Yeah. And it most certainly isn't. And, and you know, when I heard stories about, you know, John Williams doubting himself and other composers that I really look up to, everyone 
has struggled at one point or another with, with inspiration or just with the sheer difficulty of, of this industry. And, and yeah. it looks really shiny from the outside. It looks like this romantic uh, career, this uh, uh, amazing, fun thing. And, and it is at times for sure. But it's it's also it also can be really challenging to kind of create music on tap week after week after week and to have people, yeah. you know, come back at you with with feedback that, you know, they don't mean it in a personal way, but it's ultimately you're you're giving over your creation and they're sending it back saying that they don't like it. So to to both maintain a positive attitude and continue to create week after week, despite being in a situation that's not necessarily the most beneficial to, to creativity. Yeah, I guess the, the short answer is don't give up. And, and if you feel ever feel like you're hitting a wall and, and you can't come up with something, you know, just, just take a break, step away and, and come back to it fresh. And remember that, that we all struggle at one point and that we all you know, the, the people that have endured that continue to work, the, the only difference is that, that they just never gave up. They just, you know, brushed themselves off and got back to it the next day and, and kept at it. So, yeah, just don't don't give up because the only thing that, you know, that really separates us is the, the people that aspire to be composers and the, the people that succeed is not, not only just not giving up, but just wanting it so bad that, that you don't care if, if you don't get paid doing it. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. There are times when it gets really challenging and I think I wish so badly I was doing something else with my life. <laughs> but ultimately I, I never follow through on that. I you know never never give up because I can't think of anything else. Awesome. That's some great advice. Now before I ask my final question, I do want to ask you about any upcoming well, let's just say, what, what does 2015 look like to you for the, the next half of 2015? Can you talk about what's coming up? Are there any projects you can tell us about? Yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff in the pipeline that, you know how games work there. You can work on something for a year and, and you know, I still have stuff from 2014 that's <laughs> slowly making its way out. Um, so, yeah, I, I had mentioned there's four Chinese games, um, Revelation Online, Wildfire, uh, the English name of the third one is Imperial Reign, but I, th I think there might be changing it. It's currently the Chinese name. I, I can't pronounce and won't attempt to. <laughs> and then um, and then Legend of Tibet is the, the fourth one. And then for Blizzard, I, I worked on the cinematics for StarCraft II Legacy of the Void and some other stuff that's also in the pipeline that I, I can't talk about. Uh, but also um, I've been helping with, the Heroes of the Storm character intro videos you might have oh, seen nice, on, yeah. on YouTube. Kind of each one a different style, a different character, and, and that's kind of been been fun to you know practice the composing chops and, and jump quickly onto to different styles and deliver those quickly. But yeah, it's, it's been a lot of a lot of fun stuff, and and all of which is kind of coming out this year, and, and especially the, the Chinese stuff. It's it's coming out in China with hopeful eventual plans for the rest of the world and, and i'm looking into releasing soundtracks for all that in the u.s and abroad oh nice that'd be awesome so we'll keep an eye out on your social media then yes see if any new posts come up you're on twitter and facebook and everything i am twitter is uh n-e-a-l underscore acre a-c-r-e-e -E. 
the Facebook fan page and Instagram, and I'm even on the Chinese Twitter Weibo now. Oh, wow, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So my final question is just a bit of a fun one. To, To finish up, out of anyone, alive or dead, who would you like to have a drink with? Just sit down and have a drink with. Alive or dead. You know, I, I hate to keep coming back to John Williams because it's almost a, a cliche, but it's not just in the, in the fact that I respect his music immensely, but he's, he's just such a graceful person and he carries himself so well. And, you know, he's 83 now and still, still writing music, still performing around the world uh, to, to, be at that age. I mean, I'm 40, and I feel sometimes like I'm 80 when I'm trying to wake up in the morning <laughs> after after a, a long session. And you know, I to have that energy to to keep going and to keep uh, creating after all these years. I I just would like to help try, try to understand what it is that's kept him going all these years. Yeah, it'd be a pretty awesome guy to chat to, wouldn't he? Over, yeah, over a beer. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks very much for your time. I know you must be a very busy guy, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Sound Architect. And that has been Neil Acree. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. It was a pleasure.